Welcome to Wildly Wealthy Life, the show that's all about exploring the different paths to a life of freedom and fulfillment and how that ripples through your personal life, family life, and to the community. Join husband and wife power couple Lee and Kat Hughes as they share people's stories from different backgrounds and lifestyles about what it means to live a life well-lived. Tune in and take that first step to becoming the best version of yourself, personally and professionally, here on Wildly Wealthy Life. So I had to get creative, and here's where the creative aspect came in. I had to really look at my gifts and talents. I now call them diamonds, and I'm the diamond person. That's my metaphor of how I teach. And I had to look at these diamonds that I were carrying around that I was carrying around that I thought looked like rock, but I reframed them and I said, okay, how can I take this gift that I have to the market in order to earn extra income to pay down this debt even faster than I could if I was just looking at my salary alone? And that was the impetus of the whole creative part because a lot of people think creativity is only artistry Mm -hmm. and not creativity is like a problem solving mechanism that you can bring in income. All right, and welcome again to another episode of Wildly Wealthy Life. My name is Lee Hughes. For those who are new to the channel, welcome. Uh, We appreciate you taking this chance to jump in on with us. And to my right is my beautiful and amazing, wonderful co-host and wife (laughs) as a bonus, Kat. Kat, who in the world do we have on today? Today, we have Janine Letford. Janine is an award-winning speaker. She's a best-selling author. She's been featured on TEDx. She's a corporate trainer on creative thinking and intercultural creativity. She's also got her own podcast called Create and Grow Rich Podcast. She's the creator of the Debt to Destiny Financial Freedom Course. And the best thing that I love about Janine is she is our dear friend. And there's so much more that we could say about her, but I think it will take up a lot of time. If amazing we, mom, if we, yeah, amazing There's friend. just so many things. So so we're really excited to have her on because not only is she a friend, but she's a really, really awesome powerhouse woman who's got a lot of wisdom to share today. So Janine, how are you doing today? I am on cloud nine, 10, 11, and 12. So awesome to be on your podcast. (laughs) The amazing work you guys are doing. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Janine, for being here. Janine, can you give us like a a little bit of like an overview of just your background? I mean, we introduced you a little bit, but like, what's your overview of your background um, from where kind of like you came from to where you are now with this whole journey of creativity? Sure. Well, I'm an educator by trade. You know, like a lot of us, you know, I followed the rules, went to high school, graduated, stayed out of trouble. And I ended up going to college as well, followed the rules, graduated. And around 30 years old, I remember I was sitting with a credit card bill and a $60,000 student loan bill. And I and I was just crying my eyes out, just deep in debt, $100,000 worth of debt. And I didn't know how I got there. I was like, wait, I did everything I was supposed to do. What happened? I'm, I, why are we still struggling? What went wrong? What wrong turn did I make? And that was the turning point to where you see me today. My husband and I, we, we found a Dave Ramsey book ran, randomly in our library that uh, my aunt gave me like months before. I read that book from cover to cover within a day. And I remember sitting there saying, why am I a 30-year-old woman with a college degree, supposedly educated, and I don't have this basic financial information. You know, you need about a, what, a sixth grade education to really run through most, most of it. And that was the impetus of the journey. We just started reading everything we could. We went to a a class, a financial peace class, and I started talking with my friends. And I remember you guys were one of the first ones that I contacted, like, do you know about this stuff? Like, like, it was like it was a, a hidden, you know, like secret society, <laughs> right? And I just started teaching because that that is my my gift. That that's my thread. Whatever I learn, whatever wisdom that I have, I just want to make sure I'm a vessel. And I just started uh, teaching and learning. And there's a video on YouTube if you just type in my name and it's a debt free. You'll see us paying our last student loan debt. Oh, I will check that out. And yeah, you actually see it's pressing the button. And then I, and he says, are you sure you want to make this pay, payment? And I'm like, yes. And that was another turning point because I knew that my journey wasn't just for me. So that's where the book came in from debt to death destiny. But during that, I realized I'm an educator. I'm on a pay 
grade scale. So if if you're familiar with how educators are paid, it's from how much education you have and how long you've been working. There's no bonuses. It's not corporate America. There's no sales and commissions. So your income is basically more or less set. So I had to get creative. And here's where the creative aspect came in. I had to really look at my gifts and talents. I now call them diamonds. and I'm the diamond person. That's my metaphor of how I teach. And I had to look at these diamonds that I were carrying around that I was carrying around that I thought looked like rocks. I thought they're just rocks. You know, like, oh, I love to take a few photos here and there. Oh, I love to do this and that. But I reframed them and I said, okay, how can I take this gift that I have to the market in order that in order to earn extra income to pay down this debt even mm-hmm. faster than I could if I was just looking at my salary alone? And that was the impetus of the whole creative part because a lot of people think creativity is only artistry mm-hmm. and not creativity is like a problem solving mechanism that you can bring in income. So now I morph, I left the classroom in June of 2019, taking this creative intercultural message out to the world of saying we are carrying around these diamonds we are creative and we have to be aware of our cultures not just ethnic cultures but just our different demographics and how we communicate and connect with people and how we share our creativity and create together and that's the message that I have. Yeah. I love when you talked about how you followed all the rules. What went wrong, right? I think that's huge for our listeners to to kind of really tap into, to understand that sometimes when we follow all the, it's not about like, okay, follow the rules or not follow the rules. It's just the fact that like all of, a lot of us have not been educated in things about finances, right? We just have not. So like all we know traditionally is go to school, get a good grade, behave and get all these like, you know, uh, awards and all these things, but it doesn't always amount to having a financially free life. And I love that you uh, all of a sudden, you know, you woke up to that and you realized, wait, what went wrong? And and instead of, I, what I love is like, instead of kind of like blaming like what, what could have happened or whatever, you just dug into it and you just kind of like, had this whole self-revelation and just like, uh, you know, again, a revelation of how, oh, wait, we could do this. We could take mm-hmm. charge and we could actually turn, you know, the boat around, <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. And I love the um, psychology. I've had the pleasure of being able to like be in a financial class with Janine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love how you really set up examples to kind of get people thinking outside of the box, not not thinking of their own needs, but really uh like looking at like, do you need to get your nails did or, you know, hair done and all that kind of stuff. And um, taking apart someone else's budget is so much easier, but when you put it on yourself, it's like, Oh, but I do. It's me though. It's not that other, you know, and you, you really break down a lot of those like constructs that we have in our head of like what, you know, we need versus what we want. Mm. Um, And uh, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about like before, like growing up, you know, with your family, uh, what were some of the examples of money that you had and what were some of the mental shifts that you had to change, you know, in that moment where you're crying on the floor with the credit card bills and your education bills? Sure. I'm so glad you brought up the word psychology. My degree and my background is actually in psychology, and it's really getting people aware of how much the psycho- the psychological part is a piece mm-hmm. of your your life, you know, your success. This is your your engine, you know, the the, the steering wheel per, per se. And so in my book, I talk about your blueprints, your money blue blueprints. We don't really think about it because it's just in the background, but your subconscious is recording everything that is going on. So if you see your parents arguing about money, your subconscious is taking that in. And so money is now attached to arguing or to to strife or conflict. If you see money being used as a way of buying love or as a way of, you know, after something bad happens and then gifts are purchased, you know, that, that is being recorded. If you see money not being spoken about at all, that's being recorded. Or if you see money being spoken about at the dinner table, um, things are out in the open, transparency is there, you know, um, 
saving is taught, that delayed gratification is taught, that's being recorded as well. So I had to look, you know, my mother did a great job of showing us how to pay, pay bills, but you can't give someone something you don't have. So she didn't have the investment education. She didn't have some of the other types. She just knew how to make money through a traditional job and how to pay bills, which a lot of us, you know, may have seen more or less. So the shift happened, number one, of understanding the power of the idea. Everything around us started as a spiritual idea of, you know, an invisible idea in someone's mind, you know, the computer that we're on, the books that that we have, the clock on on the wall, that started as a, a concept. So understanding that people will pay me money for my concepts if I know how to present it, that was huge. And also understanding the entrepreneurial mindset. When people think of entrepreneurs, they think of, oh, you need to leave everything and start from scratch and, you know, and have that rough lifestyle and, you know, but I tell people, even if you have a typical job, you can still have an entrepreneurial mindset. And that is the mindset of how do I create something from nothing? How do I communicate that? And how do I, like Lee said, look at the needs of my surroundings and be a problem solver? My definition of creativity is the process of problem finding and problem solving. And I think the problem finding is key there is because that takes your observational skills to the next level. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to engage with the mundane in a different way. And you have to be sensitive to patterns and see things that other people are missing. So if you're good at problem finding and good at problem solving with relevance, value, and novelty, you know, so that to me is what it means to be creative. Artistry is important. And I believe the arts can help you increase your creative thinking skills in non-arts areas. And I, and I'm a huge advocate, you guys know about kids and adults having a good solid arts background and training, but we have to kind of take the word creative back from the artist and kind of share it with everyone. You know, everyone is a creative. There's no such thing as a creative department. The accounting department is a creative department department, you know, the, the marketing department, the sales department, they're all creative departments Mm -hmm. and you all have creative leaders and going into 2021, we have to redefine that word and share it with us all. Yeah. There's so much to unpack there, Janine. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me is just the, the creativity description, right? Your definition of creativity. It's really, you're right. Like it's about problem finding, because if you don't know how to find problems, how are you going to solve it in the first place, right? If you're not aware of these, like, you know, you're saying like you have to engage with the mundane things in a different way. You know, I think that's really, really beautiful. I love when you also said that you had, you know, gotten out of your classroom, like June of 2019. And it's so funny that you did that a year before this whole pandemic broke out, right? It's almost like, it's almost like you were, you were prepped for it. It's like, yay, you got out right before, you know, I know, right? It's all, it's all God, totally all God, but it's just amazing that, and I believe that even if you didn't get out, you know, before the pandemic happened, you probably would have been able to shift easily as well, just because I know you, I know how creative you are. And again, the creativity word, you're right. It does not pertain to just artists, right? And even when I talk about music, I talk about musicality does not pertain to people who play instruments. Musicality to me is innate. It's in us. It's in the way we walk. It's in the way we talk. When we brush our teeth, there's musicality when we brush our teeth, you know, like everything we do has rhythm. And so if we can just recognize that we can actually embody that we can actually live it out even more because it's the matter of like recognizing that. And that's what it is with creativity too. It's recognizing and believing that we are creative. If you're not an actor, if you're not a painter, if you're not a dancer, you're still creative. So thank you for just, you know, really sharing that message and being very passionate about the message, because I think that a lot of people really need to hear that. And one, one thing before Lee, before you jump in, I want to just remind people that they, they are actors, they are painters, because I get to watch (laughs) my two-year-old son. And because my husband and I have a home of when we hear music, we move, that's his norm. Like we were at the mall he heard music and he was like, he didn't care who was watching. He just started moving because that is our, our foundational start. Mm-hmm. We all come here as painters, as actors, as singers, right? Yeah. And we get educated out of it. So it's really <laughs> yeah, out of it. <laughs> back to that core. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was just going to say that the, the problem finding is such a, a sometimes a tough thing. Cause like, 
normally we wait. And then when a problem hits us in the face, that's when we go and try to try to solve it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not really a problem finding. It's like getting smacked with problems as opposed <laughs> to like seeing, like looking forward and really knowing like, okay, this is what I want to do. These are some of the things that may come up. How do I like already like prep myself and get my situation ready to tackle those, those uh, challenges in that mm-hmm. for you? What are some of the like daily routines that help you kind of prepare yourself to either look for different problems and and find those solutions or just, you know, prepare for uh, the day? Sure. Well, in my corporate trainings, I really make sure, once again, people understand the psychological component to this aspect, just like with your financial and your wealthy wildlife mentality, your creativity has its own mentality too. And as I mentioned before, we do, sadly, and I'm a huge, you know, proponent for education and looking at the definition of that word, right? But um, structured systems of education or testing can really remove people from their innate creative thinking abilities that we were automatically born born with. So how do we put them back, basically? And so my routines that I do basically helps put them back, number one. And you can actually, you know, look, I have all this on my personal website, my business website at Cafe Strategies, but I call them the 16 diamond tools of creative thinking. The first one is always your mindset. So I wake up and I say, you know, I'm, I'm creative or how am I going to create today? What am I going to create today? My two-year-old son once that one day looked at me, he like straight, he was like, what are you producing? <laughs> like, excuse me? Like, where did you get that? Of course, they're recording everything that hears. So he may have heard me say it. He may have heard Daniel Tiger say it. I don't know. But he he called me out. He's like, what are you producing today? You know, like, hello. And so I have to ask myself that question. Another thing that you pointed out is, is the, the critical development, redevelopment of our observational skills. I I just did a keynote talk with Woodbury University and I talked about that um, actually with the Epic Impact Society and like, what does it mean to be a keen observer? And so this pandemic has really opened my eyes to that term. I live on a hill in, you know, an area of condos a little bit north of Los Angeles and I've been here for 10 years. The pandemic hit and when you have a pandemic with a two-year-old and you're stuck in your home, you, I have seen plants and flowers I have never seen before in my decade of living <laughs> resident. And it's because, number one, he has keen observational skills. So when we go on a walk, Shane and I just walk. He looks at every single thing, every single stat statue. And so I'm like, I, I feel like I'm in a new home because I'm experiencing it in a new nuanced way because this two-year-old is forcing me to engage as he engages with high observational skills. And so, you know, we walk out, I do listening training for my ears. I just listen, close my eyes, listen to airplanes and birds and try to mimic the bird sounds. It's just yeah. Two minutes a day can really increase your observation skills, which isn't just seeing, it's all of your senses interacting. And that's another reason why I really advocate artistic training, because it automatically pushes your observational skills to the next level, because you have to be aware of where your body is. If you're painting, have when's the last time you painted a, a flower? You know, Lee knows this as, um, oh, I think you, you both are, paint, are painters, right? Um, <laughs> you have to be aware of the minute, smallest details. And if you're a good painter, if you really strengthen that, you'll be aware of the minute details in the boardroom. It's the same skill. Mm-hmm. That's wow, that's awesome. amazing. I love that, Janine. I love uh, Sean. That is just the cutest thing. Like, what are you producing today? <laughs> I just love that. So talking about your son, right? And, and just your background from like how you grew up. I love, you know, when you said that, you know, your mom was a great mom. She, she taught you how to, you know, make money and also pay the bills. Right. But as far as investing, none of that was, was taught to you because you're right. You can't give something you don't have. So you can't teach something when you don't actually know it. Right. And so for you being a mom right now of an almost three-year-old, right. He's still young, but as you said, psychologically, a lot of things are already being recorded at this age, right? What are the things that you're doing to already impart that uh, wisdom on um, how to handle finances? Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm calling it, right? All of this is going to be written in a book. I even, I even have Sean writing his own book. Um, I'm calling it teaching to the test. 
Now, in education, you know, we say, oh, you know, that teacher is teaching to the test, meaning you know what's going to be on the test. You kind of want to prime your kids. Like, there's a lot of um, subtracting across zeros. I really want to make sure my kids know subtracting across zeros, right? I'm kind of teaching to the test. But I am teaching to the test with my son, meaning when he's 25, 35, 45, he will have the test of the test that a lot of people had this year, where your one source of income has been taken away without any warning, and you have to think creatively about how to bring in funds. That's a test. Right. Or test of being, you know, you know, yeah, late laid off, the, the test of being downsized, the test mm-hmm. of lo- losing an in income due to a wow. you know a passing or whatever. Life has tests for you. And and you had the test of having cats, you know, randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Ran- randomly, you know, uh, blocking your view of of, uh, of life. There are there are are tests that we have to be prepared for. Of course, you can't be a hundred percent prepared for them, but we can increase our preparation percentage. And so, with Sean, I'm basically teaching to the test creatively and financially, and of course, you know, morally, spiritually as well. But with the area of finances, the first thing right now. Psychologically speaking, you know, your training starts from, from zero to five. Once children understand that, that things have worth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, once children understand that I have a job to do. So he has his own, I mean, he says the word, my responsibility is to put his diaper in the, the uh, trash. Yeah. Responsibilities of cleaning up. And then, you know, once he understands that he has responsibilities just because he's a part of the family and, you know, you need to pull your own weight. You don't just get to eat for free. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. And then the next thing is, okay, here are some extra things that you can do for some extra, you know, 10 cents or whatever. And then he can collect his, you know, whatever, 10 cents or a dollar and then trade it for something that he, he wants. And of course, there's that that little. You start small because the, everything you and I do on a big scale, you know, buying homes, mm-hmm. investing, you can teach it on a small scale at ten cents. You know, mm-hmm. you, we're operating with thousands and thousands of dollars. The same concept can be learned on with with a dime. And yeah. so, you know, if you're making a dollar, ten cents goes to our church or to chair charity because mm-hmm. we help people who who need help. 10 cents goes into saving for long, long term. And then I, I do the sev, the 70 percentage. So 10 cents to charity, 10 cents to long-term savings and 10 cents to, to short-term savings. So, mm-hmm. or to biz, business or starting your own business or whatever, and then try to live off of 70 cents, mm-hmm. you know, you can buy something or whatever, you know? And then yeah. the thing is for parents to understand is, this is our job is to slowly transfer responsibility. So when they hit 17, 18, 19 years old, most of, you know, they should be at 90% of taking care of their own bills, their own buying their own clothes, budgeting for their own clothes, washing their own dishes. They should know how to cook, how to wash clothes. I, I counsel folks who they're grown kids. Like they're still doing all of those things for them. Yeah. And sadly, yeah. like you're crippling them because if they're 18 and not washing their own clothes, you know, so <laughs> yeah. what is this, this checklist? So to me, it's a checklist of what right. skills, because they're in the end, they're just skills, right? Mm-hmm. What skills sh- should he have by the time he exits the home? And what yeah. can I be working on now as a basic thing so he could be prepared by his teen teenhood? Yeah, I like that because I'm thinking of like my nieces and nephews right now and just different things. You guys get shout outs on our podcast. Whoop, whoop. But uh, just different skill sets that they have, you know, because two things are going to happen when they leave the house. They're going to do it themselves or they're going to pay somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they either have to make more income to make up that that difference or and know how learn, to budget. <laughs> right. Or learn how to do it themselves. And that brings me to another thought, because I know that you do a lot of work with uh, the youth, with students in school currently in that. And you're trying to to fill that void you know, of, of knowledge and experience and skill sets. Could you share a little bit about your experiences and some of your goals with educating the youth in finance? Sure, sure. I want to talk uh, first on that point of doing the, their, their sales. There's a concept, you know, money buys time. And I saw a, a, a meme shared that says, you know, people keep saying 
everyone has 24 hours, which, which is true. Everyone has 24 hours, mm-hmm. but some people have to take, take the bus where other people have access to a pri- private jet. That changes your <laughs> And then she was like, some folks have to raise the kids, wash the dishes, cook the clothes. Other people have hired help. So money buys your time back, right? And that, that was true. I spoke to a C-suite person um, over at PWC and she had, she has a little boy, um, but she's like, you know, flying the globe and all this stuff. And I was like, Sean is one. And I'm just trying to get to New York and back. I'm trying to write this book. I'm like, how do you do it? And she was like, girl, I have two nannies and a night nurse. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I don't, I, I don't have a night nurse. <laughs> I don't have two nan- nannies, but money buys, buys time. I do have mm-hmm. one, one good um, caretaker that he went to before the pandemic. But in addition to that, I, I also saw another story where the woman, um, a woman was like, yeah, you know, we have hired help and everything, but with the pandemic, they're not coming. Mm-hmm. So my daughter, who I guess she's like 14, she had to clean the bathroom and she didn't know how to clean the bathroom. And so and, and that, that just spoke to me. It's like, yes, even if you have the funds to buy hired help, mm-hmm. we should be raising our, our kids to always still have access to those fundamental skills. And as like, you know, I believe in God that I will continue increasing my, my wealth and it will be massive in order for me to be able to do the things that I'm called to do on a, mm-hmm. on a global scale. But my son will learn how to take out the trash. I don't care how rich we are. You know, these basic skills. And Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in one of his books. He was like, this man grew up middle class, but now he lives in this like hanger size home. And he Mm -hmm. feels like he's doing his kids a disservice because they're not getting that fundamental pull your, you know, let's work for, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) lessons that are so critical for human beings to have, to be able to use your creativity um, Mm -hmm. for that. So that's a tricky place that a lot of people who are building wealth and want to, you know, uh, pass on some lessons to their kids, they're going to have. And, but with Alumni 360, those students are predominantly from low wealth areas. Um, A lot of them are first generation college students, or they have parents who don't really have a huge knowledge of financial education, investment education, and and the collegiate system. Yeah. Real quick to Alumni 360, give a definition of what that is. Because Sure. Alumni 360 is a nonprofit that I started in 2014. I got out of debt in 2015, but 2014, as an elementary educator, I was looking at my kids. I was teaching every day and I was like, someone's not warning them. (laughs) (laughs) What's to come? (laughs) Waving the red red flag of, hey, you know, don't do what I did. Be aware of what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. And my my thing is college is important. I understand this, but it isn't for everyone. There are many routes to go and we have to stop demonizing people who do not go the four-year university route. And my quote is, uh, college isn't for everyone, but higher learning is. So I know several people who do not have a four-year degree who are doing massive, great things and changing the world because they chose another route of education. Mm -hmm. And I applaud that. But for a lot of my students, they are choosing to go the four-year university route. Yet we are asking our 18-year-olds to sign papers that will affect the rest of their financial life, mortgage size, you know, and putting themselves into massive debt and they have no financial education at all. To me, that's a type of injustice that I could no longer sit back and just watch mm-hmm. and wave, you know? So I started Alumni 360, just a simple thing of getting the graduates of my elementary school. So they're in middle school and high school and a few mm-hmm. in college, just getting them together and start having conversations of seeing their experience and then bringing in speakers and having them be aware of what they're headed for. And then mm-hmm. having them also understand their creative potential that they could use their stories to write for scholarships to offset some of that debt that they might be accruing. So once again, I'm all about creating something out of nothing. How do you create value for your students? Because I've written papers. I wrote a nine-page paper, sent it to Hilton. Hilton gave me $9,000 to travel to Japan and South Korea. Yeah. Once again, my idea is putting it on paper, sending it in, bam, a trip around around the world. That's yeah. what I want my kids to learn how to do. Leverage their story, leverage their diamond gifts and get things done. And so uh, that's uh, alumni360.org. 
That's so amazing, Jenny. I was going to, my next question for you was like, what areas of um, things do you love to serve into? And this is already amazing, like, right? Like Alumni 360 is something, an idea that you have because you see these kids who are about to go into college and about to step into this world that's literally going to give them, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of, of debt, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Well, the other thing is that too, it's like, you know, sometimes we we look to these different organizations. We look to churches or different groups to to do the work that is right in front of us. You know, and you've stepped up and you you're an example of you know seeing a problem and getting ahead of it and and solving it. You know, and, and creating a whole organization uh, out of nothing and mm-hmm. and then bringing it and the amount of lives that you've changed is just incredible. And I'm sure you have a hundred you know, different stories of, of, of feedback that you've got from your students and graduates. But I guess through through that whole process, what have been some of the more, like for you, what are what are the rewarding pieces of that journey? Of course, that those texts you get of Ms. Letford, you know, because of your, your words or your classes, your teaching, you know, I decided to go for this one opportunity. And, you know, I got, in fact, I got one um, from a student and I'm allowed, allowed to share her story. Her name is Angelica and she's actually going into fi- finance. So she wants to do, do that now, you know, mm-hmm. but she also wants to go back to her community and be an educator about it, you know, and kind of uh, educate those. But she last minute got an, op- an, an opportunity to apply for girls who, uh, girls who in- invest. And this is for college girls and they take you, they bring in top investors, you get training. And it was a week to do the application, but she was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it because I teach the kids. Just go for it. Like what's the, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. And you're in the same position as if you hadn't went for it at all, you know? So just, just go. And she went for it and they selected her, you know? And so now, you know, she has this access to network. I also teach them about the network capital. Mm-hmm. There's many ways to have capital and to look at capital and your network is one, one of them. And so she's doing, she's doing that, but then she's at um, one of the universities and she decided to apply, apply for their investment. So now she's running, helping run the investment of a UC university, you know, their endowment fund. And it's all because of just the, the, the term of, Hey, just go for it. You never know what will have will happen. And now she's, you know, she's about to graduate within the next year and she is looking for an internship and she te- texted me. She was like, yeah, you know, I would apply and then I would get to the final round and then they would say, say no. And that mm-hmm. happened like five times, so like big mm-hmm. investment firms. Right. Yeah. But, but then she said, you know, and, and I finally went to the six, six one and I got it. And, you know, I'm so ha- happy. And she told me some of the terms, but I responded, that's awesome. You got it. What I'm excited about is you got rejected yeah, <laughs> times and you kept going. Rejection mm-hmm. is such a hard thing for people to deal with, mm-hmm. to overcome. And it, it affects our finances because if you're dealing with rejection, you're not wanting to create and put what mm-hmm. you want out there because you're so afraid of rejection. And I'm letting her know that that training, that going to the last level and then getting rejected, that's, that's hard. Yeah. But you kept going. If you can get that at 21 years old, there's adults who, who still struggle with, with that. And the last point that I'll make is if you I bring this point up a lot, because I think it's critical for us to reframe this situation. Remember about a year or two years ago, some celebrities got in trouble for writing checks to get their kids into USC and to mm. Duke and whatever the, the, um, yeah. the, co- the college scandal. And, you know, of course we look at, at the celebrities, of course, there's a lot of people who did it, who aren't celebrities. They're just really wealthy. And I just looked at the kids, you know, to me, that's a form of child abuse because to say to your kid, I don't believe in your abilities to do it on your own. I'm going to sit someone next to you to take the SAT with you to make sure you, you do well. I'm basically communicating. I I'm not supporting you. And number one, I'm also taking away the opportunity for you to fail and for you to get rejected. And I'm taking away that ability for you to build that muscle to get back up, that resiliency muscle and that regeneration muscle that you need to have to get through your to get through this life that throws us cur- curveballs. Those yeah. muscles are so important. And so when I look at that scandal, of course, on you know, we all of course don't judge because we all have fallen short. But pe- people look at the parents, and my heart cries out for the kids because yeah. what are we speaking to 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 them by saying that that you can't do this on your own? Or if you did get rejected from USC, okay, get back up, 
let's keep applying to other universities. You know, it's as you all know, especially being in the arts, and that's another key thing about being an artist. You you gotta be okay with re- rejection. You gotta <laughs> get back up and go to that next audition, or you won't have a career. Rejection is a part a part a part of it. So. Gosh, Janine, so much, so much diamonds. What? So much diamonds. (laughs) I I am just so in awe of just like, even just your analogy of like the parents, right? Like paying for their kids to get into college. It's literally a clear message saying, I don't believe in you. I don't believe in you. I don't believe in in what you can do as, uh, as, you know, as a young, young teenager, whatever. Right. And, and, and so I'm going to make the way for you. I'll make this happen for you because I don't believe, I don't believe in you. And that's huge. Like that subliminal message is, is huge and it hurts. Right. And so thank you for pointing that out because it really is such a lesson for us to all to, to learn is the rejection part. And, and I love that you brought that up because it's important. It's important, especially in this day and age where everything in social media is we're so focused on the likes, right? Like we get that dopamine hit of like, oh, somebody like, you know, all that stuff. Like, man, the rejection lesson right now is more important than ever, especially with all of the social media and the always putting out the good, you know, only the good stuff out there. (laughs) So thanks for bringing that up. What I wanted to get to next, uh, just for our listeners, we have, you know, a little segment with actionable tips because we want to make sure that our listeners, I mean, there's been probably about 40 different things that you've dropped actually already, (laughs) but um, would you have three specific tips that people could start implementing uh, in their daily lives to live their wildly wealthy life? Look for new opportunities, Mm. you know, especially now. And those opportunities may may be inside of you. Millions of people lost their job this year and they had no skills of how to create something out of nothing. So that's a skill. Start, start that and start small. Yeah. It, that, that's the first tip is look for new opportunities around you. Be observant because they may not look like the normal opportunities of, okay, let me get income this one way. Right. And we have to redefine and, and take away the old way and really start fresh. So that's the first tip. The second tip is be mindful of your network a lot of resources, a lot of support, and just a lot of encouragement can really come from that. And just a lot of creativity doesn't just happen in your brain. It happens between brains, this space, you know, between us. You know, I know Lee and I have talked a lot about a lot of creative ideas and and your network, the creative capacity of the people you have around you really affects your ability to, number one, think that you can create and then to execute. And that is that is the the point of creativity is the execution. In, innovation does not happen without execution of creative ideas. So be aware of your network. Make sure you're around positive thinking and creative folks. And the last one is to execute and you can start small. Get yourself in situations of practicing how to deal with failure, how to execute. I love karaoke. I love taking people to (laughs) karaoke who don't like to karaoke because it gets them up there. And then they realize, wait, this isn't so, so bad. You know, if you're afraid of public speaking, which living a wildly wealth, wealthy life, you have to know how to communicate effectively, whether you're doing business deals, whether you're, you're, you know, investing or you're looking to launch a bit business communication is key. So getting out there and practicing how to communicate effectively in different methods. That's why the arts are important because the arts are a form of communication. You know, how do you speak? How do you write? How do you do a podcast? How do you do quick videos? You know, there's multiple ways to communicate, but no one's going to invest in you if you're not able to um, communicate well. And then, yeah. and then yeah. track then track everything, you know, have yeah. fun tracking. And I can do a better job of that myself. Yeah. And, you, you know, you've never arrived, even though I've, I yeah. have the book out, I have this stuff out. It's like, okay, Janine, what is next? You know, and now mm-hmm. I have the seven gems of intercultural creativity that I just developed Two days ago, so you guys are the first. You guys are the first um, public platform to hear that that title. Congratulations! Um, yeah, so you know, and now it's my job to really connect globally. What does it look like for us? Because now we're on a now, if not before the pandemic, definitely mm-hmm. now we're on a global global connectivity, you know, network. So we mm-hmm. have to learn how to create 
with different cultures in, in mind? And what does that, that look like? Yeah. Janine, I just love when you were talking about, thank you for the tips, by the way, they were all awesome. <laughs> I feel like it's been tips since like the beginning of our conversation anyway, it's just like <laughs> golden, uh, like diamond nuggets basically. But when you said that, you know, creativity, creativity can happen between brains, right? Which is really true. Cause I, I think about, like, as you said that I think about um, right now, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about recently is just my piano stuff. And, and I got awarded a scholarship, same thing. Like, you know, I, I'm like, what 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 could I lose? I'm gonna apply for this scholarship. I got a one year scholarship to this amazing piano program that would have cost me, you know, like thousands. But now I'm like able to do it for free because it's a scholarship. But the other thing about that is I got really encouraged to really dig into it and really develop it even more. And one of the things that I wanted to do with that was to release basically a video a week, right? And that's hard because that means I have to learn a lot of pieces like week after week after week. It's a hard work. But one of the things that I just realized when you said that is that none of these videos are possible if it wasn't for collaboration with other creative thinkers, because I cannot do this myself. You know, we, in- we interviewed someone yesterday and he said, there's no such thing as self-made, which is really true. None of us even, yeah, we could be creative on our own, but it's more powerful when we're creative with other people because mm-hmm. we are not self-made. Like the videos that I have made, I couldn't have done it on my own. Like there's no way, you know, and then that network that you talked about, that same thing. Like I looked at my quality of my videos. I'm like, this is amazing. And my friend would do it for me for free because we're friends, you know, and it's just amazing. Just that collaboration mm-hmm. of creativity and yeah, be aware of your connection and your relationships is a great thing. Yeah. And I think the, the, I'm going to brag about Kat for a minute too, because the, you, you mentioned about the execution on things, you know, and uh, when she was, you know, performing and whatnot, she came back and um, wanted to get into stunts and whatnot. And she like, Facebook message some person with this like elite stunt team and wanted to like get in and start training. And she got in (laughs) and like for a year was training with like some of the top stunt people and actors and whatnot in the industry. (laughs) And it's all from like you said, it's usually execute, invite try. only. Like if they don't know yeah. you, they won't ever. And yeah. I'm just like, they will probably never invite me because I'm a nobody in that world. So I'm just going to say, hi, I am. <laughs> it's hilarious, but, but it's, it's really um, true. I think it's a testament though, to like stepping out of your, your comfort zone and mm-hmm. trying something new. And, you know, a lot of the points that you had brought up, Janine, are just like good, like thought provoking. And we really need to there's a lot to gnaw on after this episode. I yeah, like. so much. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> getting these one, one point of, of that, because if, you're, if your audiences are really looking to step it up in their mentality of what it really needs to live a wealthy life, and number one, you know, def, definitions are our key. So they really need to define what that means mm-hmm. to them. But the ghosting, you know, ghosting of if you would have reached out and not heard anything back, the p- part of your personality would have just kept going in whatever direction that you felt did you need to keep going. And I remember I, I was hearing a, a CEO um, of an organization just sending out, you know, emails. And I remember hearing him saying, yeah, I, and I got ghosted or whatever. And this is a huge organization. I'm like, wait, he gets ghosted. I can see me getting ghost ghosted because it's like, who's this little elementary school te- teacher emailing yeah. this, whatever. But he gets ghosted, and that really opened my eyes. Of Janine, just just go for it. If he can get ghosted and keep on move, moving forward, you know, and it just happens to everyone. And I wanted to find ghosted. Ghosted is when you reach out to someone and they they never get get back back to you. Yeah. A lot of times, folks feel dis- discouraged, but you don't know what's going on on the other end. They could yeah. be going through something. They may have went into to their spam, or they may just not want to get back to you that is fine yeah. keep going in the direction you feel called to go and don't let that that stop you because we all get ghosted <laughs> yeah sometimes like myself like i look at it i see the message i read the message i think of how i want to reply and then something captures my attention and i'm on to the next task and in my brain i did finish that sentence and send it <laughs> send and like <laughs> oh, oh so follow up too don't forget to follow up with people it's, yeah. uh, it's a case, wonderful tool. nowadays we're so distracted yeah. with so many things the person you you're contacting may have just been distracted. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, uh, you brought up a good point of like definitions in that. Uh, could you, for our listeners, define what your version of, of wealth is? Sure. Well, one of my taglines is your creative health affects your financial wealth. Mm-hmm. So I really make that clear that your ability to create 
value um, affects your ability to create financial wealth because the more value you create, people pay you for for that. And if you know how to license it, how to protect it, how to trade trademark things, you know, that could be perpetual. It's generational. When I talk with my alumni 360 students, I don't just look at them. I'm looking at their great, great, great grandchildren. Like I'm affecting generations. Once that's once that mind shift happens, that's a generational effect. But for me, wealth is, you know, 360 because there's a lot of rich, financially rich people who are miserable or who are tormented, who have no peace or who are physically ailing and they don't have physical wealth, right? Like health. And so to me, wealth is really having a great foundation of knowing who you are, you know, of having your basic needs met and hopefully being in a position to help other people. You know, even if it's able to buy someone a meal or buy a thousand folks a meal, you know, like the words of Mother Teresa, you can just help just one, just start with, with, with one. And so just really having that ability to live an abundant life of creation. Yeah. You're able to, to create and you have that piece of, of creating because Right now, it's your turn. Like You have these 80, 90 years, hopefully, on this earth, mm-hmm. and then your turn is up. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we just had a passing this week of Tony uh, Hirsch, I, I believe his name is, um, the founder of Zapp- uh, Zappos. Yeah, yeah. I did yeah, and, and is young, too. I think yeah. he was like 40s, in, in his 40s. Um, but he created, mm-hmm. you know, an organization that employs thousands of people. He wrote a book that is that his, because what does it really mean to be alive? It's that transferring of ideas because someone who is in a coma, they're alive physically, but they're not able to transfer ideas. So what does it really mean to be alive? And that to me is wealth. You're able to transfer ideas to create. And so once you're gone, you're still kind of alive because your ideas are still out there doing what they're supposed to do. They're empowering people to think about life in a new, refreshing way. Yeah. Amazing. So good. So good, (laughs) Janine. Mic drop. Let's just sit on that for a minute. Let that drop, right? <laughs> for love those who friends. are not watching the YouTube friends. channel, you got to watch because, the, like, first of all, Janine is beautiful. So you got to watch. Okay. So if you're just listening on the podcast, look at our YouTube and you'll also see our lovely cat earlier that we talked about who walked in front of the screen. So, anyway, <laughs> Janine, um, we are pretty much uh, wrapping up here. Uh, we'd like to ask you our 10 quick rapid fire questions that we ask all of our guests. Some of them are related to podcast themes. Some of them are not. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't censor yourself. So number one, if you could choose one book to live by, what would it be? <laughs> Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, personal hero, living or deceased, someone you know or don't know? Maya Angelou. Hi, Angela. Nice. nice the one thing you intentionally have to do every single day. Pray. Start my morning mindset prayer. Prayer. Nice. Love it. Uh, one hobby that brings you the most joy. Karaoke. <laughs> Karaoke. I love that. Okay. Most rewarding thing you've done for someone in need. We kind of answered this a little bit, but maybe you have something else. Getting a cot for someone. Mm, getting a cot for someone. That, that, that I've slept on, on, on the ground before and it's not yeah. fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last song that you sung out loud. Karaoke girl. Commun- oh, I know. Communion. Um. Uh, yeah. Com- commun. It's called com- communion. I-, I would sing sing it, but <laughs> communion. <laughs> I-, I wasn't going to break in the song. That's just what we we, we do, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um. Last big purchase you made for yourself. Last purchase I made for myself was a book about the Jewish holidays. Mm, awesome. Nice. Nice. A food you cannot live without. My homemade chicken soup brings warmth and wealth to the soul. Oh, nice. <laughs> what I need is to come your... over and try that. I know, right? <laughs> what is your spirit animal? I would say the eagle. The eagle. Eagle. Eagle or the elk. <laughs> the eagle or the elk. <laughs> eagle fly high, the elk for endurance. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, those are like light years apart, but okay. <laughs> Finish the sentence. If I'm, This is the last one. If I'm stuck on an island by myself, dot, dot, dot. I would, yeah, run around the perimeter sing, singing the heels are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> Hopefully with clothes on. You never know. <laughs> so hey, great. if you're just by yourself, you know, it's okay to be free. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Janine, thank you for being with us today. We have two parting questions for you. One, where can our listeners find out more about you? And number two, if you were to encourage our listeners to give or serve into something, what would that be? Well, the first, the let your last question, my first one is just be mindful of generational Im- impact. So I believe uh, a lot of my service goes into the next generation. Those kids who are still formulating their, their con- concepts and their mi- mindset. So if you want to check out alumni360.org, there's one, but any org- organization that really empowers and develops the, the child mind so that child mind can, can grow into an, a solid adult mind. I really support that. And you can find me at JanineLetford.com. That's my personal page as far as keynote speaking and uh, training. And then my business, my corporation is Cafe Strategies with two Fs. It stands for Creative Advancement for Financial Empowerment Cafe Strategies. And that's where we go into corporations and organizations and teach them how to interculturally create from a childlike perspective is because it's about getting people back to that childlike openness and curiosity um, in order to have value creation. So cafestrategies.com, C-A-F-F-E strategies.com. Perfect. Thank you, Janine. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for being with us today. We have loved being with you. Thank you so much. Well, that was probably... One of my favorite episodes, and I'm not saying this because Janine is my friend, but it's really because the diamond nuggets in that whole episode was so much. There's so much to unpack in that episode. And so I'm probably going to watch it again. Just because she is my friend (laughs) and uh, I am biased, but also, yeah, she's always, um, she has this like spark about her. That's always, um, engaging and she really cares to help people. Mm. So we know her heart personally. So we, yeah, I don't know if vouching for her is necessary and all, but, but it's like, but I think it makes it more, more like that. We really are into it because we know her personally and we know her heart and her yeah. heart is really, really to be of value to people and to help people. Right. So if you yeah. need a speaker, hire her. Yeah. If you need amazing. like, personal coaching, hire her. <laughs> if you need graphic design and web designing, hire her husband. <laughs> so anyway, this is a plug for Janine. Amazing episode. We hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. And for our next episode, we are going to be um, sharing with you Jillian John Schrude. Jillian John Schrude, another powerhouse woman, uh, financially independent at the age of 32, uh, mom of six, uh, four adopted kids and two we had uh, a, biological kids. We had a, a serious moment where I like after her first like opening <laughs> statement, I don't know if we really needed anything else, but she just kept pouring out and it's amazing, but she has a really heartfelt, strong message. So if, if you Tune in. You're going to be pleasantly surprised. We're excited to see you guys in our next episode. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Wildly Wealthy Life. Yep. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wildly Wealthy Life. We hope that this episode has helped you take another step towards living fully, giving freely, and building a legacy that deeply impacts your community. We'd love to hear what you think about today's show please leave us a review or like us on iTunes and YouTube and click the subscribe button so you won't miss a show. You can also visit us at wildlywealthylife.com for today's show notes. See you on our next episode. Thank you and may you live a wildly wealthy life.